0: Uh, Sheesh. Welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast. We just had a very, very intense house meeting. The girlfriend showed up. Um, but we have a very special guest tonight. Two very special guests tonight. Nick and Ezra. Nick's been on before. Nick um, runs a few different treatment centers. Owns and operates yeah that's fair so some of the people at this house has been through his treatment centers and Ezra has worked at those treatment centers and um the other night we were talking about this new show called dope sick and um you were saying something about you were gonna do something for it and we should talk about it and do a round table and i was like all excited because i was like the shows really hit home with me and i have a lot to say about it yeah yeah no,
1: for sure, man. I, You know, the show's been interesting because it's it's um, kind of an opportunity for, I feel like, people to kind of break down the stigma that not all these people that use pills are just like degenerate junkies, that some of these choices were made for us by our doctors. Yeah. You know? It's interesting
0: to see that take. <laughs> yeah, and Michael Keaton is a fucking powerhouse, bro. And like, to it. see him go from... Look, this is just going to be a spoiler alert. You know what? I don't think I've finished the show. Have you? No, I haven't watched the last episode yet. Okay, but then you've seen you've seen enough to see Michael Keaton go from like the dope doctor to like fully strung out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I've never seen er have I seen him like that before? I don't know if we've ever seen, Oh, no, he's in a movie called Clean and Sober. Ooh, never saw. I had it. the house watch it. It's so dude, fun. he goes to AA and everything. It's one of his earlier movies. It's about like getting sober. How are think, the meetings? I
2: think Morgan Freeman's
0: in it. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. It's good. Dude. It's like one of the better um, port- portrayals of like getting
1: sober. It's always weird to me, like when you see. A meeting in
0: yeah uh, you know a movie or on TV it's always yeah. these ones are like circles in like hospitals <laughs> those kinds right, which, right, which right. are like you know, in, in mm. like the seventies, it was actually probably a lot like that. I wouldn't be surprised if the person who made it was sober, but but the thing for me that was really like like troublesome or like just annoying was like how hard it is to get like funding to like for recovery and how. I guess it probably wasn't easy for them to make money with the drugs, but like these pharmaceutical companies make so much money. And um, it just felt like it feels like it's a lot easier to make money selling drugs than it is to like get better. No, for sure. Yeah, it's it's wild too because even when
1: there are allotments of funds, right? Like every once in a while a president will say – yes, it's an epidemic and here's $900 million to the treatment. Uh Where does it go? (laughs) Like it just disappears immediately. Even like the lawsuits that just got settled by these pharmaceutical companies where all these individual cities and states sued them and they get a ton of money. All All of that, all of those funds get caught up in this crazy red tape. I don't see like... More state-funded facilities opening up. I don't see counseling resource centers or needle exchanges or anything. It's just a headline for California to receive two billion dollars in opiate lawsuit settlement, and then
0: uh, it's gone. I, I don't. I don't get it. You, you probably know a lot more than I do about this subject, which is kind of why I didn't really like even make a video about it because I didn't want to sound like, like I don't really know. All else I know is that like. AA is free, and that's what works. But it doesn't really work for like a lot of people, and or at least like I feel like there's. I'm seeing firsthand like how many people. I mean, I'm literally blowing up just because I'm offering a solution to drug and alcohol. Pro, like I'm one of the people that are like, you know, publicly sober and like have. Advice on how to get stover and that's been like a huge part of why i'm becoming popular and the hardest thing in the world one of the hardest things in the world to do is to like build a large social media uh, media following organically like so i'm like realizing and for me it's even hard to like make a dollar um or even just stay afloat. I enjoy doing it so i don't really i'm not really tripping that much on like making a bunch of money, but like I am spending. And investing like all my time and energy into it, so like yeah, like any other job, we should be paid, but it's hard. Yeah. Man. So, so I wanted to. Ta- <laughs> what I wanted to say was, this is cool because we're. Uh...
3: Yeah. Um, oh, I was just gonna add on that note. Whether you realize it or not, you're basically taking an outdated model that um, when the, I guess when Obamacare hit, well, well, what care was it in two thousand and eight? It's Obamacare. What was the, what's the name of the, the act? The Affordable Care the, Act. The Affordable Care Act. When that happened, every cash pay sober living, besides a couple, pretty much went under. And basically what you're doing is you're taking that idea and merging this like social media presence and merging those two together to bring that
1: back. And that was one of the most effective ways, I feel like. Yeah, it was for me. I mean, when I got sober, it was, you know... 27 guys in a house, 400 bucks a month. And you had to hit four meetings a week and add up a sponsor and get a job and all of those things. It's definitely, you know, the model shifted. People figured out how to like, you know, capitalize on insurance funds or whatever. Um, It's really interesting because what I've seen is this kind of horrible cycle that people get in where, you know, I really do think that there should be a logical end to treatment and sober living. Like you have to transition out of that. Yeah. And what happens is you see these kids will get like, you know, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. And they're they're in a place where they never have to implement any life skills. They got to shit. Everything is just taken care of. And they all they have to do is like go to this IOP during the day. And it, again, it's not to disparage that model because I think that, you know, IOP and PHP are incredibly valuable for a lot of people. It's a long-term continuum. But when you're not implementing any of these these you know, skills, as soon as life happens, you crumble immediately. Mm-hmm. So you see this like turn and burn system where somebody yeah. has 120 days and then they leave because their insurance cuts them off and they immediately get loaded because they've dealt with nothing. How do you know that that's happening? Well, I see it all the time so, and the amount of time that I get, cause I have detox, right? So detox is medically necessary. It's a little bit different. A lot of these cats, like they're coming through their, it's dangerous for them to just go cold turkey. They could have seizures and, and die and all that kind of stuff. So there's more medical necessity in my level of care. And it's a shorter term thing. But I see clients come through all the time that, oh, I've been to treatment like five times and I've done it. I can stay sober for four months, but they never, their life never has to start. So if it never has to start, it never will. Right, I, th- I I don't know. I'm I'm a firm believer that recovery is kind of why I support your model so much because I think that recovery should be built on some level of adversity. The mm-hmm. whole point of getting sober is to learn how to walk through things and get through it. If you're babied the entire time, that never
0: happens. Do you know what adversity means? Yeah. What? Walking through conflict. It's like hardship, right? Yeah. I didn't know what it meant until I wrote the like mission statement for Local Legends. Um, which is like a little short thing I did about like people who are positive in the face of like really fucked up circumstances. Like, you know, the drummer, Robbie, who plays drums on the corner here.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like we were I just on the runner. I guy. did
0: two documentaries on him. Really? And then there's another guy named Timmy who had MS. He used to just walk around. He was like this famous guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't famous, but he was locally like famous in this area. And yeah. then I also did one on just like random. Like they're not like bums, but like you look at them and you're like, how is that guy like have a smile on his face when he's on the fucking corner of the road? You know, and it's like inspiring to people like us who have like what seems like everything and like are miserable. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is, have you followed these people? Like, how do you know what happens to them after they graduate sober living? You're like, you're like paying attention to like what happens afterwards?
1: Well, no. What I'm saying is a lot of those people come back.
0: (laughs) Oh, right. So we try,
1: obviously we try to stay connected to alumni as much as possible, but they'll call me after like six months. I'm back. Oh, hey, I, I, my insurance cut me off from sober living and I had nothing. Right. I didn't know where to go. I couldn't afford an apartment. I had no job because they're in treatment like Monday through Friday, nine to five. Like you should be getting a job. Dude. I'm like
0: really excited, bro, because this model, I think it's a lot harder in the beginning, but I think that it will be like, I don't know. I have like big, like dreams for like what this can be like a large community of like solid people who come back. Like we have people coming to these house meetings that aren't even like, That aren't even um like tonight the girl came to support shane um she's not even a part of that she's a part of a different sober living but now she's a part of our community because like we're doing the, the 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 meetings with everyone present you know like we're talking to the family and the girlfriends and everyone's involved i mean he was like um Yeah. So whatever. I don't really want to get too much into him, but uh, that was tough. Yeah, I thought it was
3: pretty powerful. Yeah. Just that many people being in the same room for the same
0: cause. I mean, I don't. It's funny because the truth is, is I don't really know what. Like we don't. We there's no like rule handbook or like path. Like we're like okay, this guy's fucked up we should talk about it like that's really what it is let's let's just put everything on front street like you did some embarrassing shit and you want to keep it a secret not here right i mean what uh, you don't need to be embarrassed it's all good like talk about it expose it we're not embarrassed anymore we still love you but if you don't you carry that if you I don't think.
3: deal if you don't deal with it now when you get out you're not going to know how to deal with it then. Yeah. You're going to, the same way you're trying to burn your life to the ground right now, you'll do that when you're on your own. Yeah. And you don't have a community. And that's
1: the adversity that I was talking
0: about. Well, right. well, Why does my it? voice sound like more like muffled and bassy than everyone else's? Caleb.
1: It doesn't. Not to it, me. It doesn't? No. Yeah. And you do have like a haggard voice. <laughs> haggard. <laughs> yeah. It's also got
0: a, so- I I I I I is it? It's not my headphones because they sound good. It might just be. I feel like I don't sound as loud, but I'm like the loudest signal.
3: Yeah,
0: you're transient. Like- so yeah, so you what? What did you need to do for the show?
1: No, it, so I just had like an opportunity to do basically an interview and a conversation about it, right? Because this is something that our community has been talking about for a long time. We have people where I'm like, okay there's there's kind of your stereotypical addict right like when you see him you're kind of like okay i can oh yeah i yeah. know probably what you're using but in the in i mean recent years obviously we see this uptick of people from all different walks of life yeah and it's been kind of padding this case that what we have doesn't discriminate but you start to realize that some of these people are not here because they were trying to escape or they were whatever it was. I mean, copy, paste, whatever the reason we became strung out was. But a lot of these people are here because they trusted their doctor.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is a is a totally new phenomenon that I've never experienced before. Because how do you... Like you were talking at the beginning of the podcast about AA knowing that it works. And like I'm a member of AA. But you and I both know that you have to want it. You have to be miserable. There has to be no other option. For me, that was what it took. Yeah, I went to AA because I had nothing left spiritually or emotionally. I was just, that
0: was it. But you know what the problem is, is people go, but they don't, they still do the bullshit. Like they just get sober and then they like still do all the dumb shit they were doing before, like isolating or treating being bad in relation. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's really hard to like actually grow. Even in AA. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All this house is, is a 12. Oh,
0: sorry. No, we weren't even talking about the house. Oh, But but, yeah. but like general, the house just yeah. <laughs> makes the 12 steps
3: mandatory and you have to live in the 12 steps while you're at the house and you're completely right on like people trusting their doctor. And I think there's also like an even more isolated group that know that know that know exactly what they're taking, but they just use their doctor as like
1: an excuse as a cosign to bullshit it. Well, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, but here's my point, right? For Alcoholics Anonymous, for me to wholeheartedly work the twelve steps and implement them in my daily life, I needed to be desperate. Yeah. So if I have the excuse of like, well, my doctor just gave it to me, it's such a, it's such a more complicated thing to treat because you have a leg to stand on. You can honestly say that, like, I didn't make a series of bad decisions. I didn't fuck my life off. I'm not a horrible person. Whatever it is, you can compare yourself to other people and maintain a moral superiority. Which makes it so much more difficult to get sober yeah. because, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have the same desperation that I do when I have a needle in my neck. You're just taking your pills. In the neck, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh. Go hard in the paint. Yeah.
3: Damn. Start running, this is start running yeah, out I, of ants. I van. did it a couple times.
0: <laughs> Dude, What's so what's funny is how did we um, help you grow? Um, By doing the same shit we do in the house. Remember that night at my house with these guys?
3: Oh, that night? I
0: don't think we got all the
3: way honest that night. I think I was just like... I had my ego involved, and I was like... I had my guard up, and I didn't think it was like... I was on defense. I I didn't know that's what we were doing. But I just did
0: all I know how to do, which is like just put it out there. Like, you sometimes can leave the wrong first impression.
3: Yeah, but like where you lost me was when you told me I looked like a burnout. Right. That's where I just shut down. I was like, fine, dude. Like, I can't change this, you know?
0: No, you don't look... Well, I mean, you obviously got a bunch of tattoos on your neck and face and arms, so that makes you look a little bit gnarly. So did I. I look like one, too. But the thing is, is like sometimes your energy and the way you talk is like like low energy yeah and like we've been over this since then, like you kind of like you should you you could work on being a little bit more positive and um seeing the glasses half full, not half empty yeah, I've been working on that probably the last month, and that was the catalyst for that, which was great, and I think that we should all do more of that, yeah it ended up being a good thing. I'm saying that like, we don't need to be in sober living to talk about the truth. So th- what happened was Nick and Ezra came to me and they were like, Oh, we don't really know about Woody. We kind of got there. But like now you-, you guys have met him and talked to him. Like,
3: that's fair. Like, yeah, ask yeah I, them. Think you're you know, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's fair. I think when we were talking about it that night, the impression that both Ezra and I had was one, of very like dismissive and kind of standoffish. And so I think the comment I made was something to the effect of like, I don't think he likes me. Uh, so therefore...
0: Oh, but that was the night before.
1: No, it was that same night. We were
0: out to dinner and uh, you were like, I had no, no, something but, about but, Woody but, coming but, over. But, but, but then he came over and we yeah. all talked. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. hope that we came closer to the truth and understand. No, absolutely. Uh, no, and like yeah. the truth
3: is when I meet everybody for the first time, dude, 100%, I'm 100% standoffish.
0: Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's that's the truth. Like, I don't like opening up to people. I don't like being bubbly. I don't like being inviting. That's not me. My thing. You wouldn't think that if you saw some of his TikTok videos, like yeah. dancing
0: with the dog. Yeah.
3: Doing- <laughs> but we talked about it with your therapist today, too. It's like where as like Pat is like he wants to see the good in everybody. And like as soon as he meets him, he's like, oh, this person's the best. And I'm like, I,
0: I put people on a pedestal. Yeah. And so I need to be a little bit more like Woody and, like, be careful and, like, let people reveal themselves before I start giving them the world. But and we're both he, so extreme. And he needs to be a little bit more like me in the sense of, like, giving people a chance. Right, yeah. right. He gets balance out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and it's just so dope if you can, like, communicate, like, that way and use an experience to, like, help someone see how they the impression that they leave on people and the truth is is like
3: i've been burned in my life so many times and i like wrapping back to like like coming back to the point of this conversation is the treatment industry is fucked up so when i meet people in it i'm like (laughs) fuck this fool you know what i mean that's (laughs) honestly what that's honestly where i come from
2: automatically that makes a whole lot of sense yeah you saw me you're probably like that's the sketchiest guy I've ever seen. No,
3: no, no. It's not that you're sketchy. It's just <laughs> like, I, I'm oh. a burnout myself. No, he's my like, friend. no, not, not a burnout. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he's an industry dude.
2: Yeah. But I'm really, I'm like not, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> like fine. a chill guy. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: that's awesome, dude.
3: No, I met mean, and, and then like, I, I actually got to hang out with Nick and realized that he was a person
1: and not an industry. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know? No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's the look, vice versa, it goes the same way. Like, I remember the first time I met you feeling like, oh, this kid definitely thinks he's better than me, Mm -hmm. which is bananas to me. Because I'm like, we haven't even spoken more than two minutes. Right. So, like, what a just, like, unappealing thing to feel about somebody where you're kind of like, oh, man, that sucks. But then we hung out a couple more times. I'm like, oh, he's a great kid. So it's, I think it's... You're right, right? Like, we can always kind of learn. Yeah. It's you know,
0: just, we, we have to, man. You got to learn from the people around you for but sure. But it's just uncomfortable to have those conversations. And I want I, my mission state, my mission, one of my little missions is to try to help influence people and culture and be like, yo, like, these are okay conversations to have. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, I, I'm down, like, get vulnerable. But then when it comes time for them to be doing it, they're like, fuck this. I'm not telling my wife that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But it doesn't suck. No, it sucks to go through. The benefits of it are fantastic. But that initial through Yeah, you know
0: what, though? Sometimes it sucks a little bit. But I found this weird, like, I actually kind of like it in some weird way. Because it's like, Taco Bell. it's like real
2: Mm. like it's, removes the like, fear like, uh,
0: like it was a little uncomfortable just now for a second but I think it's like good it's like um, I've just learned to yeah I've learned to enjoy it a lot of the time well that's that's my point is that you, you've done it enough to yeah.
1: have a belief system that the benefits are worth the uncomfortability Yeah, but you can't expect that
0: everybody's going to have that same belief system right out of the game yeah, it sorry, takes practice guys. my bad
1: Oh no, no it's, it's all you
0: No, they're they're, they're not. I expect them not to because society is not doesn't like embrace that. But like right. that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is so that I can try to help them, like encourage them to do that and, and realize like it's got to be based in proof, though,
1: right? Instead of because like when when you say like logically, I see the benefit of what you're describing. I think anybody can, right? If, if you're talking about sort of the best way to grow is to walk through the pain and the uncomfortability. Sure. But that also sounds like a fucking Hallmark card. The the key I think is to show the evidence of it working. The fact that like all of us can hang out
0: together. The the evidence is like, the evidence is like you guys, when you first met Woody, you thought he was, you know, ego pride guy. And then I told him some shit. I didn't even ask these guys if I could like, tell them. I just like, said it, and I'm like, oh, and by the way, they're about to show up, <laughs> so let's get into it. Yeah. Because I know that we're going to be working together, right. and I know that I want us all to be friends. And um, it worked because he struggled at first with it and was like, kind of like resentful in Mm -hmm. some weird way, but then he talked about it. And then we talked again the next day and it like kind of showed up in some other ways, not so much about him being a dick, but him like seeing people as problems rather than like, what's the solution on how to like fix this person Mm. or help this person. And it was a good thing. So that's the evidence. That's the specific situation that we're talking about. where like leaning into something that was like a little bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and just exposing the truth. And I was acting like, like, like a ninth
3: grader, like fuck industries. Like what? <laughs> like what other
0: situation would you would you like let somebody know? Like let's say, like what's what's one place that you guys work with?
1: What do you mean? Just whatever. L-
0: let's say that you let's say you guys have a working relationship with a lab or like whatever. Like oh, like another center, another or center. Yeah, okay? okay. And there's a guy there you just think is a dick. Sure. When would you ever tell that person, hey, bro, just so you know, like you kind of come off as a dick, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. Well,
2: Nick would say something. I, yeah. That's I'm, dope.
1: Yeah, I'm, that's, I can be, rel- I'm not afraid of confrontation okay, so like that if we're it's talking in the spirit about. of growth. That's I, what
2: we're talking about.
1: Right. And, I, but again, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing, if you're trying, because what you're describing is what you're putting out into the world and the following that you want, Right. So no, I'm just no I'm I'm just no I mean, mean what I'm saying is what you want people to see. Yeah. It's less about the conflict and it's more about the growth as a result of the conflict, right?
3: Yes, of
0: course. That's but what I'm getting at. I, yeah. I think
3: that that conversation would have been more effective if I was like sat down and like told at a, like a group level like yeah. yo we think you're a dick. I
1: wish the I I wish That, that was never said, bro. Right. We it would have had like, that talk. Well,
3: it w- was like let's talk about it really vaguely and weirdly without actually being like yo like these two guys think you're a prick. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: well, in, in your right. defense, dude, <laughs> no and one he, said it besides it, yeah, you and, and, before. And this is where like, I can look at my shit. Yeah. Like I was a little, I'm believe it or not. Like I'm kind of scared and like weird about like bringing stuff up like that. So I just kind of did it and, 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 and didn't tell us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I funny. thought, I thought he was going to like just receive it and just show you that he wasn't. Right, do you know what right. I'm saying? Right. It didn't need to be a thing. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it hurt my he, pride, bro. It hurt his pride. Yeah, and um, but see, that's where I'm not perfect either. I'm flawed. I make mistakes, and I don't do it the right way sometimes. But is there really even a right way? As long as we keep getting on it, like it all worked out fine in the end. Yeah, but like it. it
2: yeah, I, sometimes I stumble. Yeah, along the process. <laughs> Well, in Woody's defense, like, I'm all, dude, like, I'm insecure, right? So when I meet someone and they're not immediately like, oh, what's up, man? And meet me with the same energy. Did I have alcoholism. So, like, I'm immediately like, am I, like, a piece of shit or something, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, it's not just about you, man, and how you approach people. It's how I think about people as well, Yeah. you know? Like, it's not all oh, his fault or whatever, you know? It's like... yeah. It's the way I I look at stuff too, you know. Not everyone I meet is gonna be like, "Oh, Ezra, what's up, dude? Nice to meet you." You know, um, some people are just gonna look right through you. You know, right, right, um,
1: yeah. yeah, and it it also I think it triggers something in our ego as well. Yeah, you know, when you meet somebody and they don't give you a fair shake or a fair chance, you are kind of like, I think that the frustration, or I don't even think frustration is the right word, but sort of the that initial gut instinct is based in like my own ego being offended, Mm. you know, which is, I mean, it is all based in insecurity. You hit the nail right on the head. It's just kind of like nobody wants to feel like they're being judged, especially if you're like us and we believe already that we should be judged.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I
1: constantly struggle with that.
0: Um, You know what I mean? So when it
1: happens, I'm like,
3: Oh God. Yes. But I guess like I also missed the mark that we've like both been like working like, with each other the entire time like you guys are like basically nursing people nursing people back to life and then sometimes when it works out they come here if if you know logistically it works and sometimes they don't but i was i was like judging my like i didn't really realize that all i was basing my opinion off of was that conversation we had downstairs that one time remember you know what i'm talking about so I was like, "Oh, we must be working against each other. We're not working with each other." So that's oh, probably yeah, why yeah, I had yeah. that energy and I never really came
1: around or got caught up to speed like,
3: "No, bro, we're all on the same team."
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, the way that I've always viewed it, um I think that any time there's a group of people that get together and try and help other people get sober and they do it professionally, then we're on the same team. Yeah. You know, some people do it differently, some people do it in ways in which I don't agree, some people mm-hmm. do it illegally. All of those things are true, but I think that fundamentally, you know, we're all, at least we try to be on the same team because otherwise, what's the point of working against each other? Yeah, and I'm still
3: new too. Like, two years sober, this is my first real job in recovery, you know?
1: Right, right, right. I feel it. And it is weird to work in recovery when you're in recovery with other alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, that cold hard truth where you realize that this isn't a supplement for your own recovery. That's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. It It's like a super weird go thing.
0: i want Starbucks. Or something,
1: huh? we just ate cool. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> we have
3: bank. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good drink. <laughs> well, you're getting Taco Bell, the right? The sober living fuel. No, Madison was she barneyed.
0: Oh, that's good. I don't, I want, don't want it want anyway. Boy. No, no, it's not good, dude. Can we just do like a sandwich maybe? Pizza. Ooh, pizza dude i'm trying to do good bro what's a barney a sandwich so barney is like when you mess up like oh, you're, you're fine that's funny <laughs> yeah barney i have like all this weird slang um yeah
3: yeah i'll take something though i yeah, haven't let's eaten do all like sandwich
0: do we have sandwich meat is it would oh, it be shit. possible to make like a sandwich what was Someone for dinner? Wants some extra credit or extra duty? or uh, Can we get some Caleb. credits? Caleb. I <laughs> didn't even get to eat. Caleb. This is a I shocking abuse of either. power.
1: Yeah, w- Caleb. What? what? I, this is a shocking abuse of power. What was for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> bro, I hope it gets isolated. It's is just I mean, that was Pat Ridge forcing people to make him sandwiches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Slave shit, labor. I fucking
0: pay you to make me a sandwich. Is there, is there still <laughs> spaghetti? Is that, is that worse or better? Yeah.
2: Dude, that's way better. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, dude, like, credits. We're like. I mean, I don't know if this is incestual or whatever, but like, I'm literally employing uh, people like with my other company, Frodo? Ridge. Mm-hmm. And, um, trade spaghetti for froyo. Okay. But what about a sandwich? <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't know, just cheese. There's no cheese, sliced cheese, only All right. Well, turkey, no. turkey, cheese. There's no sliced cheese. Is there any in there? No. I barneyed. So we need to order some stuff then, maybe, no?
3: We have so much. No, we have so much food. So
0: just don't yell into the mic. <laughs> we have so much just food. Just keep your voice like a fist. O- or, you, you, just a sandwich. You got it. A yeah. little yeah. mustard, we little We have mayo. so much food. Thank you so much, Jordan. Wait, did you go to... Stillwater? Oh, I'm tripping. Where'd you go? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's just <All> right. like... <laughs> you did? Wyatt, Do you want anything Still water? No. no. Oh, concise. I'm, I'm tripping. I shouldn't even be talking. Yeah, about don't break
1: scenes. their anonymity if they did. Okay. Well, I mean, Wyatt's. I know, but we're licensed. I don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got to be protected if they can yeah, yeah, to yeah, my yeah. spot. Do they want anything to eat or drink?
4: I
0: don't want water. Nothing. No, no, no. I'm good. Thank you. you want though. Starbucks? You, I, just I, get I, this man I a sandwich. Like, so we can get back like, to it. I <laughs> guess. Like the thing that's so cool is like there are people in this house who went through your treatment center and then came here and they're going to get a chance at, like, a new life. Mm. Right. And a lot of people don't... And I just was got excited because I saw some of them in person here. They're literally upstairs. It's just cool. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's really... It's, it's way harder than I think um, people realize. Like, people think, like... Like it's funny, last night I was talking to some people and and they were like, Oh yeah, like um are you able to give them like your time and attention? And I'm like, Okay, this guy doesn't understand. Like they're they don't want they're manipulative and they lie and they they cheat and we we need to the ways we need to grow are ways we don't want to and we don't wanna see the air in our ways, So it's like not like people think it's just like sit around, talk about your feelings, get better. No, that's not how it works. It's hard. But yeah, that
3: like leads me to the next question for both of you guys. Like the reason we do it is because we're, we're here with like eight months to a year with these people and we finally get to see the magic and the lights come on. And, like, the growth. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys just see them in the same fucked up no, state. No, no,
0: no, 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 They get way – they get they, – they see a magic change happen, too, within 30, 60 days. Yeah, from, but yeah. it's
1: not, like, what we see.
0: It's just different. Well, it's, it's, yeah,
1: it's, it's through a different lens. But, I mean, I would argue that when you see somebody the first day off a of detox, when they're truly mm-hmm. clean and done, yeah. talk about, like, a spiritual shift. Right. Like, just the – when you can finally see light in their eyes again and there's hope. You guys get to work with that hope and yeah. you get to make, like, allow well, we, the hope we, we, to turn into life skills.
0: We get to work with, like, once the pink cloud's gone mm-hmm. and their real shit shows up. Right, right, right. And you're like, fuck, dude. And now I get why this fool got loaded. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I remember them telling me that at, at, at Liberty House. When my parents fought and they're like, I'm not paying unless that bitch pays off. <laughs> and they're like, the guy was like, Damn, dude, I get why you get loaded because it was a weird situation where I was fully all in and willing. And my parents were so toxic that they made me leave. Right. They're like, You're, you gotta go. I'm You're like, unfixable. I'm like, no. But then <laughs> once I left, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Right. And I somehow I was able to stay good, which is crazy. I think I got like the fear of God put in me at that place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I was I didn't have to be on bad terms. I made it um So, have you guys heard of this new documentary called Sparks? The Sparks Brothers? You know Edgar Wright? Yeah. They fly so you- right so no 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 so so edgar wright directed his first documentary he did scott pilgrim and like yeah oh. he's like one of the greatest directors of all time what else did he do um that bar at the end of the world
2: um, the world's end yeah the world's that's end. a great movie yeah, yeah. all yeah. of
0: his movies are yeah. oh i think he did Shaun of the dead Those british the he trifecta like a, movies he mm-hmm. has like a very specific like um quirky like dope graphics and sound effects style of making movies. So the documentary kind of feels like that. And it's about this band called Sparks. Mm. They're brothers. And they're like, bro, I almost want to just like show you. Yeah, I'm just going to play the trailer just because like I want the listeners to like hear the, um, the trailer. Um, you've never heard of this band? No. Dude, they've literally influenced like more people than like any other band and every band that matters is like in this documentary like saying how influential they are but like nobody knows anything about them
1: are they new or old they're old
0: like they influenced like bowie Mm. wow and like well um we're maybe not what platform (laughs) is this on
2: i i think that they um i'm not sure is this like the Sugarman documentary think, yeah, kind of thing? Kind of, where kind everyone of. knew about the Sugarman guy. Well, well, everyone didn't know about Sugarman. That's what made that uh, crazy. Um, or that band called Death, like that. Anvil. Oh, Anvil. The story of Anvil. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah, another one. Yeah. But
0: these these were bands that like did, people didn't really know about.
2: But they had a big. But impact. the crazy
0: thing about the Sparks Brothers is um, a bunch of people did know about them Hmm. like here look like back it starts with like back like
3: throughout all the years that I've been making music if you get on a tour bus with a bunch of musicians eventually the conversation will go to
0: Sparks you're just seeing them all the time like who are those guys is that Flea?
2: you can look up on Wikipedia and know nothing we are Sparks dude please welcome Sparks Sparks
0: frequently asked questions about sparks how many albums are there 25 albums are you brothers
3: we are brothers how did you first meet we are brothers music at its best (laughs) you hear it and you go oh my god what is that
4: it's insane but it's fantastic
1: each time you'd go to the rehearsal there'd be something new there Like that's good it wasn't like anything else
0: all pop music is rearranged sparks That's the truth. Throwaway riffs that other bands have built whole careers out
2: of. One of my favorite moments is John Lennon ringing up Ringo Starr. You won't believe what's on the television. It was the sound of the future. Sparks is way more prolific than all of the artists we consider to be the greatest in the world. A template, that a beetle would
1: pretend to be rotten. That's amazing. They were taking all
2: their creative juices and putting it into something that they loved.
3: They were a bit much for most people.
2: The culture just wasn't there yet.
0: Is
4: there anybody out there at all right now? They've reinvented themselves several times. The thing that marked them was their unwillingness to give up.
3: That sounds like the scene from our biopic.
2: <laughs> come here we are they may have given birth to other bands who don't even know that the lineage goes back to them
0: still are waiting to get paid back for that why have you resisted
2: doing a documentary
0: until now we didn't want to do the standard documentary full of talking ads it would become too dry
2: Wow, I'm an idiot. I thought you said the Marx Brothers.
0: <laughs> oh, no. So do you guys know who Jack Antonoff is? He, he was one of the guys. Have you heard of you know the band Fun? Yeah. yeah. He's the guitar player of Fun. He's in a band called Bleachers. Mm. And he's written pretty much every pop song that matters in the past. Or, I mean, I should take that back. Um, <laughs> there's all
2: these people. What, like who Britney, like, Britney he, Spears songs yeah, and yeah, stuff? Yeah,
0: like Taylor. Yeah. He wrote like almost all of Taylor Swift's and Lord's album. Like... He's the guy behind, and, behind the and, scenes. Uh, yeah, and also, like, the Bleachers are, like, the best band ever. I don't know if you've heard them. No, it's I'll his band. It he's the one who said, he's the guy that, like, had, like, the shaved head with, like, the glasses. And I think he said, like, all the bands that have been influenced by them, who don't even know it or whatever. And then, yeah, I have a couple of other people here. But this is kind of, like, I'm, like, I kind of become obsessed with, like, Things every month or two, I have like a new obsession. It was Kira Kurosawa, mm-hmm. then the cu- the queen or the crown. The crown, yeah. and now it's like this. I haven't even finished the documentary, but I love the fact that, like, I love the idea of like the unsung hero or like the people who like finally get credit. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if this is them getting credit necessarily. It's a cool documentary that's being done about them, but they're mm-hmm. not like. Um, I guess they still can make a living, but they're just not, for whatever reason, they're just never going to be as famous as the Rolling Stones or any of the bands that, you know. Or
2: Beck. Or whatever. Yeah, or even yeah.
0: Beck, or even the bands Beck. that they influenced, you know? And there's like something cool and like punk rock about that.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's like uh, intentional on their part. Right. To like steer clear of the cultural zeitgeist yeah. to just do their they, own thing.
0: Actually, I think they are like that cool. That's awesome. You know, (laughs) I I don't really know. I wish I had had finished it. I heard it's, I I heard that it's like, the trailer's amazing, right? Mm. But like, I heard that it's like underwhelming. And Mm. I kind of watched like, like the first whatever. And I
1: didn't like, I don't know. So we went through all this for you to tell us that it wasn't even that
0: good. Kind of. Well, just to kind of, but like, just to kind of like don't watch it. I mean, that's more funny. Do you guys follow Bob Lefsetz? You know who that is. Mm-hmm. He's like a industry guy who does this newsletter, and he talks about like anything that's like relevant culturally. Mm-hmm. And he reviewed it. It's this long ass review, and I mean, this is sort of where I'm getting my information about how good it was. Except for I have seen almost the first half, but it's more just to talk about like. Uh, unsung heroes or like affecting culture and not getting credit for it. And it just like strikes a chord with me because like, um, when I was doing the music shit, like I saw a lot of people, like, I don't know if they copied us, but like we were sort of at the forefront of the electronic dance movement and like, didn't quite make it to the top of the hill, but like came really close and watched a lot of people around us like make it.
4: mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's interesting though. Like I wonder what that is in somebody where they can not tie the value of their work to the mainstream success or even the financial success. But like if you can tie the value of your work to the admiration of people that you respect, like in this instance, Mm. to have a documentary of uh, your colleagues and your peers getting together and giving you the credit. I wonder if how that translates, like what what that That's, takes in a person. It takes like a weird spiritual existence that I can't even fathom because I want praise. I want people to go like, oh, you did a really good job. I want the credit wait, because I'm so a person. Wait, wait, what are you say? You're saying that like to be that band, to have those guys not really give a shit if they got the mainstream success or not. They don't care if we know who they are, but the fact no, that I other think, legendary musicians know is
0: enough for them. No, I I mean that's just the documentary. I think they did want success. Sure. Um then it just kind of played out whatever, the way it played out, you know? And they seem to be chill with it. It's I was almost... going to
1: say, do you think there's regret? Like, how do they come to terms with yeah. that? How do you come to terms with it? I think they were just trying to get
3: in where they fit in, and it worked that time, and then it worked again, and then it worked again, and then they just fell into, like, oh, we're making music for other people that are going are to get the spotlight now. And, like, at the end of the
0: day... You're Wait, no, no, back... no. What do you mean making music for other people? Like those brothers. No, Jack was the guy that was talking about them, but he... He writes for other bands, but he's not in the band. Sparks—they only make original music. Yeah, they made their own music. And the guy—the guy who Everybody. I was referencing—is a guy who writes like Jason. Yeah. But that's not the guy in the band. That was just one of the musicians talking about the band. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of. Do you ever see Inside Lou and Davis? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. Where Lou and Davis—those
0: like, are my favorite stories. I know, right? Like I literally, yeah. I literally have a. 20 or 30 minute cut of a documentary that I tried to make on Hypercrush about like that, like interviews that we were doing and like people talking about like us and like just how hard, like, and then just kind of like the crash Mm -hmm. and like this Hunter S. Compson quote about the music industry. And like, I was going to like interview, you know, Steve Aoki and like Diplo and Skrillex and some of the people that saw what we were doing in the very beginning. And like, um, were clearly influenced by it. Um, I don't know if they were like influenced, but they definitely would say we were the first ones to perform electronic music as pop in the club, mm-hmm. right? Which later you see with like Black Eyed Peas and like LMFAO and like even like like Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and like just um, the Far East Movement and like just those
2: three oh three guys.
0: Yeah, like yeah. we toured with them. Yeah. But like we were doing it before they were on
2: MySpace, you know. Well, I just remember going to a rave in like 2006. Dude, and like they I were I like know, headlining like, it or something. Yeah,
0: and like I fucking worked with that guy. You yeah. know that he was in my studio, and like the label was trying to like. I, I saw know, him at Erewhon. Which
3: guy? Like the grocery store?
2: Oh,
0: you know 303.
3: Oh no, I thought you were talking about the dude from LMFAO.
2: Oh yeah, oh, got the fro.
1: The other one. The
2: other I wonder. One.
1: Like it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because I think there's a long line of sort of trailblazers of people who did something first. And I think the argument will always be that maybe people just weren't ready for it. And then when for somebody sure. else came behind or 100%. there's the less appealing argument for you is that like you did it first and then other people come by and perfect your formula. Yeah. And so it's sort of like. You could drive yourself crazy thinking this question. Like, did they come through and take what we, what we were doing that was working and do away with the stuff I mean, that there's, wasn't? There, and that's there, how they made it.
0: There's also like the truth for me is that like um, we didn't get lucky. We, we 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 got unlucky with like the actual label mm-hmm. being Motown, and they fell apart. And the people who were involved with trying to make the single. Right, not just letting us do what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that they didn't let us, but they were like, "We'll put a million dollars behind the single once we approve the single."
1: Right. So yeah. we were
0: like in the studio with all the biggest producers in the world at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, we produced our whole first record that got us this deal. Why are you? In-? I wasn't really necessarily. I was kind of just trying to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, we're in the studio with fucking Danger Hands and red one and fucking mike Alizondo and i mean these were fucking huge producers like danger hands was like timberland's protege and like i was in the studio with like no doubt spacist working with jimmy um fucking i forget his name and and then the guy that did all the Katy perry shit and three i mean they were putting us in with all the hit makers you know so
1: instead of trying to write one of your songs dude, you were I, trying to write a million dollar song
0: yeah i went in with dr do you guys know who dr luke is dude i showed him yeah 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 he did all kesha shit and like he got stepped. sued like crazy right dude yeah but before this was before all oh, that uh, yeah. i rolled up into his house filming and he's like what are you doing and i'm like oh shit sorry i just film everything and he's like i can't believe that you would do that And he made it like super weird and the whole session was weird from that point on. And it like really left it. We never ended up actually working with him. We talked about being willing to sell out. His whole thing was like... Speaking of that, I
3: I thought it was because they did it in a Speedo. Who? Like LMFAO. Like we're talking about like, like the difference between like why they blew up and you didn't. I think they were just like being goofy and doing it in Speedos and like... You know,
0: well, I mean, they had some genius songs, yeah. Period. But if they weren't he, wearing that speedos, that guy's a and, fucking genius, and and he made it work. But he's also a character. Yeah, yeah. But if, we were full on characters. Yeah, right. He's a character too. No, no, right? no, no. But like, we had like a whole thing. They like, we, if there's one group we did influence, it's them. Yeah. And I was Preston Maroney, okay, Donny Fontaine, and Holly Valentine. We all had backstories. We dressed up like a specific way and we had like a very very like like thought out like brand with characters and that's part of what made us successful too they're just you know they were just really good at writing catchy shit and we didn't get lucky with like the label and then like um you know we we just didn't stick it out like they started dating and like we just got kind of burnt out a little bit and i think if we would have just kept at it we could have become like more long lasting and like credible. Like Daft Punk didn't pop off to like their fourth album. Yeah. Or fifth album. And then they became massive. It's way better to grow slowly than mm-hmm. it is to blow up the way they did and fall off. And I think we could have but like we just kinda of gave up. Speaking of that, we're putting out a new song and video like in the next month or two. It's a good nice. song. Nice. Yeah, That's dope. I dude. like it. I, I really was just do. about to say, like, yeah.
1: all this shoulda, coulda, woulda. I just, yeah. I, I'm always the forever optimist of like, you still got I mean, time. You can do no,
0: it. No, no. Watch I play this song. I, I just, I don't. Are you gonna play? it? Yeah, I'll show you. Uh, I'll one. show well, you, Premiere what? I'll just show you a little, a little part of the, the video. Is pretty funny. Like we're like older and like, <laughs> like we're like wearing like suits and shit. You know? Like, yeah. And like we're like having a me- business meeting at like Denny's. Like it, it like it's like a pyramid scheme like hci like um, <laughs> you know No it's just it's just, it's just kiwis. Wait what the fuck Oh I haven't even see seen this kiwis? cut and Why can't can you, you eat the kiwi? You need to get out of your mouth that bad
1: um, one little kiwi <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Of like like his body like a
1: when was the last time you guys released a song?
0: Like a year or two ago, it just you know no one gave a shit. You feel like it's like just for fun now, 50, or are
1: you trying to recapture something?
0: Yeah, it's for fun, and it's like cool. Like,
1: if it blows up, are you ready for the world tour? I'm not. Would you dive into it?
0: Um, I don't really like want to do that, but I mean, yeah, if like the if the circumstances were right, it would it could be really fun. You know? right, right. I could like take some of the people from the house with me, and I think it's good for like. Um, the house to see like a sober, it's like cool, I want to make this cool Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to like like we took some of the people to ComplexCon the other weekend, Mm. remember I was talking to you about that, about how we were going to do that like we did it, like Caleb and Ashley like shot it and um, we took like a bunch of people with us to see um, Turnstile and uh, uh, ASAP Rocky and it was like VIP like my company's shooting it and some of the people from the sober, it's like the beginning of like what could become like, you know, half the house working at cool events like this and like, right, it's fucking amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's definitely a lifestyle that you pitch here. That's for sure. Right, really? Yeah, it is. It's like, um, right. It's it's more than just something you can you be know.
0: cool. You can be like making content. You can be creative. Like right. I would, my dream was always to have it be like an artist type of house, but like, fuck that. Like anybody can come here. Right.
1: You know? And like, well, the thing know? that I think is, is unique about what you guys have here is that the things that they learn, the recovery, all of that becomes a part of their identity. Right. Like it can, it translates to everything. Cause
0: we kind of need that. We don't have anything when we first try to get sober.
1: Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. Like, you do need it.
0: Yeah, you need something. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, God is great. Bro. Sober content <laughs> house. You, you got to back up
1: when you're <laughs> <laughs> you eating that sandwich. Yeah. I got to go. Podca- podcast over.
2: I kind of like that noise. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Oh, bro.
1: You guys just grubbing down. Are you eating spaghetti? Oh,
3: it's
1: so good. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, so I and mean, we haven't gotten a chance going. to eat. And hey, look, it's just funny. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what you were doing until I looked over. I was like, oh, it's a full bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> hey, Saving my life
3: right hey, now. Is there
0: any, like, chips or anything? No, but I just ordered a bunch of pizza. Really? Yeah. I'm staying for pizza. I'm in there, bro. This is not going to be enough.
1: It is interesting, though, man. Honestly, like, I, I, I will give you that. I think the way that I've always viewed recovery, at least for myself, right? Like, AA for me was always a tool that I can use to exist in the world free. But when you guys do it, you 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 go so hard to kind of make it involved in everything that these people do, everything that you do, right? And yeah. you you tie it to your recovery. Yeah,
0: anything that's helped me, I want them to benefit from that right, too.
1: Right, which is incredible. Now, I will say, you know, I think historically the pitfall of that is like, what if you get loaded?
0: Me? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be Woody on <laughs>
1: Like I look, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, honestly, right? Because we, you and I both know that we're I, never. Safe. I hand the
0: keys to Woody, or I don't know. Wait, uh, are there keys but, but are to this place?
1: <laughs> are you worried at all about how, um, like, public your identity, how public your recovery is? What that message might send to you, people bro? that are weary. I,
0: if, if I were to get loaded, I feel like I'd blow up. He wouldn't
3: stop. He'd be like, "This is loaded, dude." No, like, like, I swear to
0: God, I think i would learning to lose relapse I'm twice as big, and then maybe get sober again. Yeah, with, with twice as many followers, and that would honestly, like, it would be like. But you're saying if I like didn't get sober again, or I don't know.
1: No I'm just saying like when you're you're putting out this message of hope that recovery can be cool and that this can be what the rest of your life looks like, and then you fuck yours off I'm, again, this is obviously hypothetical, I know your recovery yeah. is very strong, yeah, no, but I'm just saying like isn't there um kind of an interesting Thing to think about. I think about it a lot, like in my position with all, you know, we have so many different employees and there's people that not necessarily look up to us, but I think that get comfort from my story of recovery that it can be done. I'm like kind of this living, breathing example. And so I always worry that if I get loaded or something, God forbid, something horrible happens. What message does that send? Does doesn't it reaffirm work. this idea no, that it doesn't it, it, work yeah. and that we're all just wasting our time? That I'm an actor that we're, we're all just faking this
0: thing till we make it, or what? For you, yeah, and that's the truth: is not everyone is going to stay sober, right? That, well, that's the fear. That's the not, that it,
1: I, fear isn't the right word, but reality. You know, yeah, that is the reality. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like with your with your platform and the way that you, you know. Um, just include this lifestyle and this recovery and literally everything that you do. It is an interesting responsibility. It's like a, it's a pretty heavy responsibility when you break it down like that. You better stay sober, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny's life
3: depends on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, because honestly, so what did Randy say when he spoke the other week? about relapse
3: I only remember one thing you said and it was pray and ask your higher power to tell you the difference between your ambition and your and your security really yeah that's
0: like the only thing I didn't hear
3: well we all like prayed and <laughs> I was you like guys are wow I was like wow I was Whoa. like I need to do that more
0: mm.
3: repeat that pray I think you said ask God to tell you the difference between your ambition and. Or no, he said, just tell God what your ambition and your security is. And in that, like, I found the differences between the two.
1: Interesting, like, what gives you security and what your ambition blinds you to?
3: I guess it stuck out to me a lot because when I do inventory, when I find out where I was selfish and where I was dishonest, I look at the difference between like a lot of things in the second column mm. i look at the difference between my pride and my self-esteem mm-hmm. somewhere in between the difference between those two is the truth so when he said take a look at your ambition and your security i looked at the 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 truth in
1: between which right. is like
3: what's the difference like what are they both telling each other
1: it's an interesting lens for you know? sure it's a valuable perspective
3: like my security is like all I need to be okay is my sobriety. My ambition is to be successful. Right. Where's the dishonesty? Hey, Caleb, did we
0: ever post a Randy clip?
3: <laughs> Scared the hell out of me.
0: <laughs> Randy. Did we film Randy? Yeah, you filmed him. Where's the clip? Scroll. Scroll. <laughs> what?
3: He said scroll.
0: caleb's great dude he said scroll yeah we need to make another one bro okay um dude this guy randy is fucking the truth bro like yeah he's dope wait on graceland
3: no ltl
0: you shared uh
3: oh are you talking about from his meeting yeah
0: no. Oh, he's talking bro. about the podcast. Let's get on that. That's fire, bro. I just tried calling him. This guy is... I'm actually going to send you this podcast. It's. It's. This guy literally changed my life, dude. Yeah, send it. Show me, God.
4: What do you have in store for me today? Whatever it is. COVID, no COVID. Health, sickness, work, no work. Whatever it is. Just help me to be the man that you want me to be to walk through whatever this is that we're walking through today. But I still have the disease of alcoholism. And if I don't get up in the morning and I don't read some spiritual material and I don't remember that I have the disease of alcoholism. I slowly slip back into that unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And it's only a matter of time until someone steps on my toes and I scream.
0: (laughs) I I really... Woody was kind of fucked up that night, but I was like... He just talks about, like... It's funny because I've literally been... Like six years ago, I got introduced to Primetime, and they talk about the disease of alcoholism being a fault-finding, opinionated, impatient mind that's always in a hurry and hates the word no. And then I started doing work with Michaelis and Chris Howard, and they believe that that's the human condition. Right. And that alcoholism is only a physical allergy and a mental obsession. All that other shit, that selfishness, that unsatisfiable mind shit, that's all just a human condition. Mm. But I don't I, – I, uh, I guess where I'm at now is I don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> I have an opinionated, fault-finding mind that's always in a hurry and hates the word no. I'm unsatisfiable. And as soon as I get what I want, I want that and something else.
3: Well, they're trying to say the spiritual malady is just the human condition. But the spiritual but, malady but, 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 is but, part of alcoholism, I okay, think. Okay,
0: but it is for some people who aren't alcoholic. But that's not like. Here is the thing: is I am at a place now where I don't give a fuck anymore. That's the kind of mind I have, and I need to treat it. I need to be aware that, like, for my whole life, I've been like a no, right? Yeah. Where right. Are we? Are, you want to go? Mm, my first thought is, I don't think so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm never like, let's do it. Like, oh yeah, like my, my wife, she's just like I feel like Danielle's like that too. She's just, or she's got it. She's got the disease for sure. But like. Veronica and my partner, Tim, like they're just happy all the time. I mean, not all the, most of the time they're just in a pretty good mood.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. We're just miserable fucks.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you are. I, I think that I struggle with a lot of these things that he talks about
1: well you're right though right like that's the the thing i think you made a really valid point does it really
0: matter it doesn't matter and
1: it's a weird argument to get because i remember primetime. time it eating it fucking yeah. matters no it, it doesn't it only matters if you have it treat it, it it
0: only matters when i'm saying like that's my disease
1: yeah and you're using it as an excuse or whatever well, no
0: no not even that i'm using it as an excuse i'm just saying like there's my alcoholism and i'm using i'm telling the people in the house you guys are alcoholics you're unsatisfiable Mm-hmm. so stop trying to satisfy your mind stop trying to be selfish think of others stop trying to satisfy yourself it's just not going to ever work and well, as soon yeah. as I know I can't be satisfied I stop like desperately trying mm-hmm. and I can just be happy right now
1: so it's one of those things where if, it, sense? if it is tied to Absolutely. alcoholism then you could tell people what they have and, I do. and if it's not then you have to rely on them being able to identify with you because um, you can't tell somebody what they have if it's a part of the human condition, right? Right. right. You, can't, well, you can't diagnose that. I in think them. you
0: can, and that's what I'm going to do. Because all alcoholics are narcissists, but not all narcissists are alcoholics. Have you heard that one? Yeah. So I
1: heard that from you before, actually. So yeah.
0: while 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 this disease is a fault-finding, opinionated, unsatisfiable mind that's always in a hurry and hates the word no, it is that. Normal people also have those minds. Well, that's what I was going to say, right? Like there's Does always a sense? little narcissism on. in people. Do you understand? Yes. there. Well, a little, but like forget about them. If you're an alcoholic, right. you have that mind.
1: I think that's fair. I do. I think
3: society has conditioned everybody to be narcissistic.
1: Okay. A little bit.
3: Sure.
0: But like.
1: There are traits. There are characteristics. Some are less than others.
0: Alcoholics are very much that way. Because they'll you they, the, our feelings are so important that we'll kill ourselves and others around us to feel good. Right. But normal people don't. There are some people who are just kind of just not. They're not like going to die for their fucking beliefs and like how. And their feelings. Right. I would agree with that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, No, I, I,
3: what I do. It seems to be a
0: little lost. No, my
3: first thought was like, I'm not. You're not. No, I'm what? not going to die. But the, the truth is, is, if I relapse, I am going to die. What do you mean
0: you're not going to die?
3: You were out like there I there for wouldn't but no years. that's not what I was talking about like when you the way you said it it was like I'm going to die for my beliefs you know what i mean I, uh, I, i'm not going to do that i'll be like fine keep them bro i'm not going to uh, die but like what we're talking about is like if my beliefs are so fucking strong that it will cause me to use then yes i will 100% die I was just trying to
0: Oh you, oh so, figure out what you were saying Oh so that's good so you're saying you're an alcoholic but you're not like as gnarly as me as far as you're thinking
3: no like when you're like die for my beliefs you know what i mean if someone was was to like hold a gun to my head and be like yo how do you feel about abortion i'd be like what do you want (laughs) what do you want me
0: to say bro yeah yeah Yeah, like i (laughs) yeah no i would too because i feel like we're we're like sober and we're treated enough to where we don't need we can accept people and their differences you know but when we're untreated like we'll like hold on to things and be stubborn and but like i think you're treated enough to where you can like be um okay with that yeah i think we're saying the same thing but what i'm saying the point is is when you when, when you're treated like in your spiritually like fit and you're like doing the work and you're um in a good place and you're sober, I think you don't, this mind, that, I don't, I'm, dude, I'm satisfied right now. Yeah. Yeah. But like my disease wants me to be unsatisfied. I, yeah, I can see that. I, I don't
1: know, man. I, I think of the unsatisfaction um, more as a symptom of my disease than anything else. I don't think that it's uh-huh. rooted in the disease. I think that, When I start, it always starts somewhere. It always starts with humoring an idea, humoring a victim mentality, leaning into it a little bit, building my own ego up internally, right? It starts and really not that dangerous of a place. And it just kind of picks up steam and starts to perpetuate. And by the end of it, it's always this realization. It's never like, Oh, I I don't feel very satisfied. I need to change the way that I feel. It's this culmination of all these nasty feelings. And once I can identify them, it's far too late. It's like, I'm unsatisfied. I used heroin. Now I'm satisfied, but I didn't realize how unsatisfied I was for like six months. I didn't realize how sick I was. It's such a slow burn. It, it, it builds slowly but surely. And before I know it, like I have to escape because I don't have the emotional intelligence or courage to tackle these emotions head on. That's what treating for me is, is tackling these emotions early, learning how to identify them and like taking control and not letting it build. What are the signs though in sobriety? Mine are like strictly with how I treat other people. Really? Yeah, that's where I see everything. Okay, I see. I mean, that's a good, I think, It's a good indicator if you really needed to take a look at yourself. For me, a big part of it is how I feel about myself, how I remember interactions, how I remember conversations, or like whatever my side of the street is. When I'm thinking about my side of the street, I do a lot of self-reflecting. And I think about, did I handle myself in a way that I can be proud of, that I can stand behind? Do I question what I said, why I said it, how I said it, or who I said it to? But
0: that's all with other people.
1: No, absolutely. But it's more focused on you, you're where it came from. Right, right. Like, was that, did I snap that way because my ego was hurt or did I felt sorry for myself? Or did I really like believe that I was the most important person in that conversation? But like, like <laughs> why did if, I act that way? If it
3: wasn't for the you other know? people, yeah. we wouldn't feel the
1: need to like hold the mirror up. And, yeah. Like, look at, you know, well, so I was talking to somebody the other day about another good example of how my alcoholism will manifest itself. Cause I, I obsess about like, um, what other people think about me to a a terrifying degree sometimes when left untreated. And it happened not too long ago. And for me, the only way to take its power away is to vocalize it and say it out loud. But I woke up and it was like probably two o'clock in the morning and I was having not a panic attack, but I was like riddled with anxiety and I was thinking about a conversation I had with this girl at a party, like freshman year of high school. And I made an ass out of myself. I remember saying something so stupid. And oh, she was like, you're an actual idiot and didn't <gasps> want to talk to me anymore. And I was, I woke up <laughs> as an adult with, you, with the same anxiety that you, I had when I was like 14. What did you say? I don't even remember. It was some stupid joke that just didn't land, but it made the whole night really weird and awkward and uncomfortable. And I was embarrassed. And then I woke up at 28, still fucking embarrassed. And I was like, I can't believe I said that shit like on the off chance that maybe she was thinking about it too or something. It was this really clear cut example of me just getting in my own way. It. Right. Cause yeah. I think that I'm so important like that. She still
3: thought about she it all these years later still
2: does.
1: and was still judging me so
3: hard.
2: No, she's moved on.
3: But like, if you make Bro. an amends to somebody, they're always like, yeah, that
1: actually like fucked with me a little bit for the rest of my life. And you're
2: like, <laughs> Oh fuck. Really? Like, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that sucks."
3: I didn't think habits. you remembered
1: that. But this, my point is that this was an example where I didn't hurt anybody. All I did was have a moment where I wasn't super cool. And like, I I was an ass. I, I, I was embarrassed. And that embarrassment was tied to this idea that like, I am so important. And what you think of me can directly affect how I feel about myself. So still having that anxiety, that's my alcoholism. I had to like say it out loud, like, hey, do you know how crazy it is that you're worried about something happened when you were fourteen? like bro, let it go wait
0: you really were like tripping when you I really off? was I,
1: I had about overall that. no I mean I had overall anxiety and I the was thought. able to because I couldn't fall asleep for like two hours, so I was able to like pinpoint it I get in these very obsessive thought trains mm-hmm. you know, and it was that was just one that came up and it it For me, I was able to recognize the insanity of that idea pattern. But in the moment, it felt super normal because I'm like really comfortable being miserable. I'm really comfortable with anxiety. I spent almost my entire life in that place. So when I get there, it doesn't feel that far off. I have to really pay attention to the little things, the little nuances. Like, is this anxiety about work or my life? Because anxiety is a useful thing. Right, it's our fight or flight. It teaches us how to live in the world. It 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 guides your decisions. If something gives you anxiety, maybe don't do that. If you can use it as a tool, it serves you. But it can also be crippling in instances like that, where I'm like, what? Mm. It's so bananas to think like that.
0: You know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I I just I feel like um. Like, this this, this idea of, like, what is alcoholism? It's such a... I don't know why it, like, plagues me.
1: Um, yeah, because you're right. It doesn't really matter. But, like... If you have it, you have it. If you want to fix it, you'll fix it.
0: But you said that those things... You You, you said that the alcoholism makes you, like perpetuates those things or well was it they the other they way pick around?
1: up steam right so i think these thought patterns are pretty normal like it's normal to be embarrassed oh. by this moment but because i'm alcoholic in nature i obsess on it mm. and it builds and i start to like it's like muscle memory i'm really comfortable okay, being miserable. okay
0: but but that's um that's not a drug or an alcohol that's not drugs or alcohol no, and if, no. if, if alcoholism is oh, is the mental obsession over drugs and alcohol only and the physical allergy to drugs and alcohol only, then it has nothing to do with your thinking. I mean, only as it relates to drugs and alcohol. Can I ask you a question though? Oh, 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 I just want to make sure we understand what we're talking about right now. Well, I
1: understand that point, but I think that the mental obsession of drugs and alcohol for me is not, I don't obsess about using drugs and alcohol. I obsess about medicating these thought patterns that I have that exactly. make me feel like my fucking skin doesn't Ex- fit. Exactly. Like, and
0: how do you medicate?
1: I use fucking, drugs and alcohol.
0: Well, yeah. Because it works. But now that you're sober, how do you medicate? I talk about it. Yeah, but like we also like play video games and jerk off and have sex and drink coffee mm. and like smoke cigarettes. And so it's like dance on TikTok or mm. yeah, get addicted we to supplement, so, so, yeah. so, but it's our thinking that's the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like if our thinking
3: wasn't the problem, it would be a one-step program. It'd be it just you stop just, drinking. Oh, you know what alcoholism? You take the booze So away. just
0: quit. So yeah, take yeah. that. Take that. You have yeah. a mental obsession <laughs> and you have well, an allergy. Well, so just stop. I meant what I meant to say was like, take that, Michaelis. Yeah, because it's been an argument that we have not an argument, but like a debate. And I think it is true. Like this disease does have a lot to do with how we think. I mean, look, the medicine is the alcohol and the drugs. Well, bro, the only time it mentions
1: alcohol is in step one. Yeah, that's the only time. If it wasn't about fixing your thinking, then what are the other 11 steps for? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It doesn't Um, say alcohol ever again.
0: Finding a God and right. It's all
1: about it's all about you, though. If that was why'd al- you want to drink in the first place?
3: If that was alcoholism, then self self knowledge would help us quit.
1: You have a mental obsession and you have an allergy, so stop. So stop. Yeah, <laughs> just take the booze away from me, and I'll be fine. But if, no, 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 because I'll go get it again, and I'll lie to you, and I'll convince myself and everybody else that that's okay.
3: And if it wasn't, no, 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 if it on. wasn't centered, okay, oh, no, just finish this one time. Yeah, if it wasn't centered in our thinking, then why do we look at every relationship resentment, which is centered in our mind, fear, which is centered in our mind? And sex relationship, which is a lot of it is centered in our mind. Why do we put that under a microscope if
0: if that's not the problem? Because all of that stuff will make it easier for us to not drink because that's making us better people and that's treating the spiritual malady. I don't Which know. Which is not alcoholism. I, I, I disagree with that. I think it's, I, you're, you're right. No, I, I disagree too. Yeah. I, I'm I think only arguing You're arguing
1: for the sake of it. I I'm, get that. I'm
0: arguing the point that because I cause I'm like genuinely open, right? I want what you, what's going on? <laughs> Setting up this new magic. Okay, dope. I'm like open. Scroll. I'm open enough to like I had my mind made up, bro. I would talk about the disease being my unsatisfiable mind. And my fault finding mind, and like, this is what we're up against. This is the disease. Alcohol and drugs are the medicine. And alcohol has no effect on me. It's just a fucking liquid that sits in a bottle and it doesn't do anything if I don't touch it. So, there really should be a new word for alcoholism because it doesn't have anything to do with alcohol. It's all about my mind and my thinking. And then I met Michaelis, and we stayed up till two in the morning arguing about this. And he knows prime time too. And he was like, listen. Alcohol is defined as these two properties and these two properties only. Mental obsession, physical allergy when it comes to alcohol. And I just was like – we went on this argument, and this debate, and I actually changed my mind. I started going through the book with him, changed my mind, um, and I started talking about how all that other stuff is just, is, is just a spiritual malady, which most people have. And I'm like, but then why all these steps in the whole book? And he's like, well, because the book – is meant to help you become a good person, so you don't drink. But it's really only addresses the disease in like the first couple pages, and then they just start talking about being a good person. I mean, look, I, I do you get it? I can
1: see that. Yeah. I can see that argument. Yeah. And if you're really like a Nazi about the literature, I can
0: see that. But I know for me, yeah. But bro, in, even in the fucking book, it talks about selfishness and self-centered as the root of all our troubles. Right. But they're not. I guess they're not talking about alcoholism. They're just talking about human beings, just
1: human traits. Right. He would argue with Bill Wilson if bill wilson
0: disagreed <laughs> with him about so it. here's um no i don't think he would but bill wilson's dead so it's hard because he's he's we're reading this 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 stuff and we're so out we're so like you know we're people so we'll warp the message and we'll make it our own and we'll we'll read between the lines and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll create this idea that everyone needs a sponsor like doesn't even talk about sponsorship in the book. Yeah, so let's call around.
3: central office and ask him.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? I mean, it's it's governed by us. So that's the whole idea that, like, if you have what I want, even though if even if it's my own flavor, that's what, it could work. Like th- this guy's yeah. approach that you're talking about, it could yeah. work for a lot of different people. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's a moot point to to argue. Yeah, that's
0: <clears throat> that's what Randy says, and that's why I love Randy because he. And that is really the difference between the two people, right? Like, M- Michaelis's whole thing is, like, this is the way. This is the truth. Right. And Randy's like, it's my way, bro. If you want it, you can have it. If you right. don't, do your own thing. Yeah, well, that's, that's mine, I fuck too. with that. That's always been mine. That's thing. actually what, like, makes this program so cool is, like, but I don't know. Then again, it's, like...
1: You guys have a certain flavor of what your recovery should look like, you know. I think like my program, yeah, for example, you can't
0: put a flavor on AA. No, but but and you, the twelve steps—they're written in order form. It's black coffee for a reason.
1: No, what I'm saying is, if we really want to get into the thick of this conversation, is the assumption that AA is the only way.
0: Well, well, yeah. Because
1: that's where it starts to get a little bit no, No, it's,
0: it's, it's not, but let's at least be clear about what AA is. Sure. That's yeah, all I mean, I'm if you're going to gonna try and teach people how to do it, that's I all. do agree.
1: You should have your own, you know, you should have a very firm understanding rooted in life experience and more importantly, success of working the steps before you can really share that with people.
3: I think it's the only way.
1: No, 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 bro. It's not it's definitely not come on it's de- it's just definitely it's the only not. way that worked for us yeah, yeah it, it's the only thing that worked for me yeah, but it is not the only way
0: people get sober through smart
1: their- refuge celebrate there's I know, I know people just that get sober doing yoga yeah and like the yoga becomes their higher power yeah right so
0: um, or like um, NA or whatever
2: yeah. <laughs> so we're doing
0: a podcast <laughs> hey randy and, and uh say hi hi Hi, Randy. Um, it's, um, Say uh, hey. And we're talking about your share at, my, at, at the meeting. What, what was the thing that you said you got out of it? The prayer where you, where
3: you asked us to identify our, our ambition and our security with our higher power.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's getting that wrong. So I wanted you to clarify what you said. Something about ambition and security and the higher power thing.
4: Hmm. The prayer that we did was the third step prayer
1: classic right.
2: just the chillest guy <laughs> yeah he's so great <laughs> oh we're going deep right now bro i just had to get He going. did i really
0: wish you were here but being on the phone is good enough he said you know ask god to help me figure out the difference between ambition and, and- no
3: no 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 he said talk to god tell him uh talk about your ambition talk about your security uh, uh, well, and i, okay. I, I said what i like relating in step
4: two about rightly relating yourself to your higher
3: power. Right. And when I write inventory, I figure out a lot of my dishonesty when I look at the difference between my ambition and my security. And in between those right. differences, that's how I find the truth. And, and when you okay. made me do that prayer, that's where it brought me. I was like, oh, this is dope.
0: Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're back on the um, is alcoholism the... Um, The fault-finding mind, or is it just the physical allergy and the mental obsession? And and we're back on the like, well, if it was just the fault, if it was just the physical allergy and mental obsession, then why write a whole book (laughs) about how to become a better person and treat this selfishness and self-centeredness? And um,
4: yeah, the twelve steps should say if if it's about getting off of alcohol and the mental obsession for alcohol then the 12 steps should say now that I have some time and I've worked these 12 steps, my mental obsession is gone and I'm not drinking anymore. And now I should get a better job, a better wife, a better house and have more money. In the
1: back. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm cured. Uh, I beat it. Oh Yeah. I feel like
0: you need to just be a regular on this podcast now, bro. Um, Hey so look any any monday night that you're available we'd love to have you back on and um any um just let me know if you're ever available um I'd love to do more talk more and and record our talks and you know what put When
4: do you do the podcast after a meeting or Well we're doing it
0: right now I mean we we do it just just monday nights you know after 5 you know we well dinners from like 5 to 6 or 7 and then we do the podcast um you know, seven, eight, nine, you know? Okay. So let me know. We're going to get back to it. Okay, go back to it. All right,
1: see you. You know That guy's great. I was was, like having a conversation with myself the other day when I was driving, and um, I, I was like, I just had a, I did like an interview with somebody and we were talking about overdose statistics. And I was thinking about the word overdose, right? Which is generally like such a medical term. Yeah. To say that you've overdosed because you're implying that that dose is a prescribed <laughs> amount or medication. So when somebody like Your overdoses on heroin, fucked. instead Why? of saying like yeah. they took Why? too much heroin and they died, yeah, they yeah. say that they OD'd, right, they right, overdosed. Right. And that doesn't in and of itself imply that this is a medication and that they are self-medicating. Right. It's how black and white we are. It's such a weird thing, but wait, it's wait, not wait, just wait. us. We didn't coin overdose. It's been people forever saying like...
0: Like I don't see where where his statement just now makes any sense. So in the, the do- so so about, the word overdose. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you explain it, I want to see if they understood. It. So you're talking about overdosing, right? And he said we our thinking is so black and white.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was referring to my so, thinking or no, ours in like, general. Drug addicts in general. His
0: brain is such a trip, dude. He like like, wait till you hear where he was going. Do, does that make sense to you? What no. you saying? Yeah. Really? <laughs> no. So, so, just to be <laughs> no, clear. Did, but I'm not no, the but, smartest man in the world. No, no, no. Man. But just, just to be clear, nobody here knows where, why it's just black and white thinking. Oh, I thought we were applies, all ta- talking no, about a- it. Applies to what he's saying. Because all he's saying is that, like, dose. Medication. It's a medication, yeah. and we're overdosing, which is implying that there's a right dose. Yeah. So, which there isn't.
3: Right. There's no, okay. So there's no right dose, but the word overdose is like you took over that dose, you took over that amount. And like alcoholics are so gnarly that the overdose is just dead. That's the overdose. Our overdose is just death. You know what I mean? so,
0: So the black and white thinking relates to like either you get high or you die.
3: Yeah. Either you're not or, high or you're, yeah, or you're overdosed, or you're
1: overdosed, yeah. which is just dead we let's just call it dead, like don't call it overdose well my I think the point that I was trying to make i i when I was thinking about it, I was thinking like the doctor's opinion when you have Dr. Silkworth writing this thing out that however long people have been abusing these drugs. There's been some form of scientific mind that has considered it a medication. Otherwise, you wouldn't use the word overdose. Yeah. There would be a different word to describe taking too much heroin and dying. Because like I said, overdose is implying that this is you're taking this medically. So it's just this idea that we've always been self-treating and that the best of us have always understood that and, and why there's still a misunderstanding as to why people take heroin. Like I knew when I was this tall, it wasn't okay to inject drugs and why there's still a voice in society that judges people for taking drugs. When we've been describing this as a a form of self-medication, just by using the phrase overdosing, like it just, it's such a weird one, one is built on compassion and empathy. If you know that somebody is self-medicating, you have empathy for them as a human being. And then one is built solely on judgment. A character defect you're judging them on moral capability you're judging them on their ability to say no their 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 fortitude their strength they're two there's there's such wildly different perspectives to have and i don't understand why we still have healthy doses of both of those perspectives like Uh, the two perspectives being being that you have empathy for the addict or alcoholic that's still suffering because you recognize that they are self-medicating and that they are hurt and that they are sick individuals. And the other one thinking that they're weak.
0: Oh, the weak thing is just not. So real though, bro. It is so real. Well, yeah, but that's still. why whenever somebody says you're so strong for staying sober this long, I'm like, it's not about that. Bro. It's got nothing to do with strength, right? It's, it's actually the opposite.
1: That's my point. So even the people that are supportive if they still have that idea that this is built on strength and courage and willingness or all these other things, like how do we break that down? How do you break down a stigma that, that uh, runs that I mean, deep? that's
0: literally like what I'm trying to do. Learning to lose right. humility, surrender. That's what's cool. That's where the strength is. The strength is in my ability to let go and give up and like be softer and like surrendering isn't like strength. Right. So I've talked about this a bunch. Do you think it's changing anybody's mind? I mean, I know for a fact that hundreds and thousands of people have heard me say it. It's, a good, a, lot, start, it's mean, a good start, dude. Try. It's a good start, and this yeah, is yeah. and this is why I'm so obsessed with this. Is because I'm like I love working in this in you know I love trying to help people firsthand, but I'm actually just as interested in like just helping like large numbers of people have a slightly better understanding of like all of these things. I that's mean, the trick. Let's just like people, be the change you want to see in the people world. People are going to hear this right now
3: right so let's change so, the name right, right. of overdose right. to just i just lost that's i lost the game bro i lost the game we yeah i quit i yeah. quit <laughs> i
1: fucking quit <laughs> i quit <laughs> i got it got the best <laughs> of me bro yeah it's 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 an interesting <laughs> yeah, like, thing it's that good idea good of like just we wanting to Tim on next you just got to be the change oh, you want to see and i, I want you, you gotta to lead by example yeah i think you guys are good examples of that if i'm being honest. You don't make any effort to fit into a preconceived notion of what recovery is supposed to look like. No. You are the change that you want to see in the world. And it's going to be met with resistance because that's always the case. And it's going to be... What I'm worried about is that it's going to be like what we were talking about earlier, that you're going to blaze this trail and then somebody's going to come up and nail it.
0: At at, at the risk of sounding too grandiose, I didn't really go into all that but like yeah i i kind of have i've always been interested in like blazing a trail right you know but what if nobody's ready for it but what happens if in like 20 years
1: we're in the same circle doing an interview for a documentary about how you really started this whole movement but all these other people got credit for it yeah and we're finally doing a documentary can i be you credit can i be dr bob (laughs) Run it all right,
0: cool. yeah that's that i don't know the, the you're i don't know all i know is that this is my third attempt yeah because with the with the with the production company we were doing on site like in like real time recap videos you know no right. one was doing that right And now that's kind of become like the standard like i remember bringing you know footage like showing people an edit while we're making the commercial and it was like yeah it's not that hard like I just cut the clips up put some music behind it and now we can see what our commercial is going to look like while, so you set we're, the standard. while we're shooting it just trying to do something different or new I'm trying to right. like, push shit I don't want to copy people right? But I just want to be original
1: if they're not ready you know. <laughs> if they're not ready like are you okay with that? I have to be right yeah yeah you're right dude you do have to be i
0: have to be and like i think that the reason you're asking that is probably because you have some relationship with like that yourself or like you know you said earlier you care a lot about what people think and yeah being rejected like is hard but like if we're willing to we have to be willing to like lose so that we can win that's you know?
1: exactly right yeah like, i mean i'm talking you nailed it
0: yeah i'm talking like Dude, it's really cool to actually see the tide like turning for us. Like, we, me and Veronica were looking for negative comments the other day. We couldn't even find a good one. Oh, I'll, I'll make a bunch of fake. I'll get on there. I'll make I mean, like, <laughs> but but I seriously, seriously though. Like, no, Nick's not on social media, so he doesn't really understand fully. But, like, Caleb, do you read the comments? But I'm saying, yeah, we've literally like completely disengaged, right? But they're getting, they're all good now. Yeah, bro. Nice. I mean, they're a lot. Oh. they the majority of them are like because they hate. It's they,
3: always been more love than hate to begin with.
0: Always, but like now it's like hard to even find the haters because they've like lost interest.
1: Well, yeah, because you're starting to prove your point. Right, it's, it works for so many people that yeah, yeah. it becomes a battle that nobody wants to fight anymore. There's no righteous side of this if you're legitimately helping people, right? Um, it's kind of the whole philosophy. Yeah, but
0: they're you know. The Brody brokering shit is just fucking not good. I watched that movie. So there bro. is like there are people doing wrong, right? Oh yeah. So if they're like felony behavior. So when people are like accusing me of being like a bad guy like that, I guess would be right. like a just right. Like I you actually you you uh, dude, to be honest, like he didn't even really know what was going on, but he came here and he said things better than anyone ever has about like put yourself in their shoes, you know, oh, they yeah, they had crazy. somebody die and they think that you're actually a bad person. Like they believe this, right?
1: Yeah. I remember vaguely. Yeah. We were talking about like, you said these it on people- the podcast, yeah. but
0: you also were saying over here uh, before that you were saying over here, just like be honest and say, yeah, we made a mistake and we'll try to do better. And,
1: yeah, I remember a bit. But yeah, you're right. It was all based on this idea that if somebody's attacking you online, they have to have a belief system that you're hurting individuals. So the longer that this goes and you're proving over and over that you're not, yeah. then that's all you can ever do because you're never going to be able to change somebody's mind by arguing with them. We get so rooted in our idea. You're not. Uh, we
0: could try. Right? <laughs> I mean, you could try, but man. That video is really good. You should finish it. Like you're saying, we're not hurting people, but the crazy part is, is that like sometimes they are they they are feeling uncomfortable and they're in pain a lot. Yeah, like we have this video where Johnny's like, "It just hurts," and I I just you, you sometimes yeah, I want to grow. drink, and I'm like, "Yeah, bro, it hurts to grow. It hurts to learn how to like create a character that's like not gonna need to drink."
1: Right. Yeah, I feel it for sure. It does. Yeah, dude, this this isn't easy. I talk about that to people all the time, right? So much of what we do, even you guys are guilty of this, right? Like when you look at some of like your promotional things or whatever you've done to push your brand, whether it's Graceland or Learning to Lose, it looks exotic and fun. Southern California and everybody's all cool and they have shades and tattoos and they're Mm -hmm. in a pool and it looks rad. But it fucking sucks. And I do the same thing. You look at our website. We have this big beautiful house and all of that is still very much true. Some of the things. We We try and make it as transparent as possible. But one of the first things I always tell clients when they come in is like, hey, this is going to suck. We're going to make it tolerable and we're going to teach you how to get through it. All you need is a little bit of courage and Mm -hmm. a little bit of willingness. And we can walk through this with you hand in hand. You're not alone. But it's going to suck.
4: Oh, it's so fucking hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, it is. But it gets easier. It gets better. It just
3: gets harder and harder. harder. (laughs) That's not true. Jump in here. What do you (laughs) do?
2: What do I do with what?
3: Like what he said on a daily basis. Like, what do you think?
2: Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. Always. And I have been Mm. my entire life. Um, And my my alcoholism is that of forgetting, you know? Forgetting? I forget, forget, man. And, like, I say this all the time, like, I could have the best day ever. I go to a meeting. I'm talking to my sponsor. I'm doing 10 steps with him. I'm, you know, my wife isn't annoying me with the way she's sitting or the way she's talking to me, um, and I'm like, I feel great. And then I go to bed at night, and I say this a lot. It's like the Men in Black thing, that little flasher thing. It's like I get hit with that every single night, and then I wake up and I'm immediately pissed off, you know. And it's that's, that's my alcoholism, man. Every day, you know, like. I'm having a great time listening to you guys, and then I'll go home, and I'll go to sleep, and I'll wake up and I'll be like, shit. God, I can relate you as being alcoholism. Mental, I haven't even, I mental haven't even health left, is so crazy. It's crazy, dude. I haven't even left my bed. I'm already pissed, you know? <laughs> Nothing has happened to me, and I'm already mad. And that's sort of how my disease manifests, and that's how I know I'm not calling my sponsor enough. So I know I'm not, you know, really the way I see my alcoholism is with my wife. And if, if she's annoying me, I know I'm, I'm fucked up. Yeah, you know, that's, that's Um Because <laughs> why do I care? Like, why am I so concerned? Why am I so insecure? Why am I so jealous of whatever it is that's going on? And then I'll call my sponsor after I do the writing, of course. Because my sponsor, if, if I call him, he's like, did you write a 10-step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, not yet. He's like, who's your, who's why your, the your, fuck do you call me? Who's your sponsor? His name's PJ. He's, work, he's He lives in Burbank. Um, okay i've worked with him for like nine years i have like seven years sober yeah i'm not allowed to meet with my sponsor unless Unless I have some shit right unless i write inventory yeah that's a chill guy yeah Yeah, i mean because you got to want it you got to want to do the work right i mean that's how it is for me
3: well he's not like my therapist
2: exactly and he's not your therapist yeah you know
3: he is a therapist but he's not mine oh he's like an actual (laughs) therapist in the world yeah yeah (laughs) it's program director all that shit
2: yeah yeah i don't know man i mean so much of what i do fucking industry guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) these fucking industry people man because i do i'm the same as you i'm so weary of them yeah because when you mix money and recovery it the the lines for me get blurred you know like because my family paid roughly two hundred thousand dollars for me to get sober what do i do i do a free program you know yeah like i paid two hundred thousand dollars for a big book right essentially no, no, no! But I'm sure. That, I'm sure
3: they fucking.
2: Oh, but they're made happy for the places shit. they did, and it planted the seed. You yeah. know, and it 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 also. I was. I'm a heroin, cocaine guy. I need to be locked away. I can't just do this on the streets. You know, right. I can't like, just hit a meeting. Yeah, like I need to be caged like an animal to get sober. That's how I've always been since I was. Yeah. A little guy, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I need to be tied up. Um. So these places have benefited me. Shit. Tremendously.
1: So does Shane. He no. needs to be tied up, bro.
2: Sometimes people need to be tied up, man.
1: Yeah, Black Snake Moan style.
2: Yeah, like, I know I did. <laughs> Time to do a tree. He's yeah, like... Time to a radiator. You know? <laughs> yeah, that shit is really... <laughs> What's that guy's name? Samuel L.? Yeah, this guy, man. Yeah. You got him? Yeah, I got him on my leg. That was really good. But yeah, that's... Hey, man. I feel I like, like that. that's a clip.
1: Yeah.
0: Mark
1: it. Run it. Like, go. where
0: you're talking about waking up? Mm-hmm. You know, like the Eraser Man? Yeah. Randy calls it the Eraser Man.
2: Yeah. Like, dude, I was good. What the fuck happened? What, nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, like, um, I'm just so
0: in fear Yeah. <laughs> All and time, and, and that, I think, I can fully relate to that as being alcoholism. My alcoholism. Mm, and that's mine. Or maybe we're just, like, fearful people. Yeah. And we just have a spiritual, or, and we just have a physical allergy and a mental
2: obsession over alcohol. Mm. But, like...
1: Right. Or anything that I'm makes sure that there fear there go are
2: away. No- what?
1: Or anything that makes that fear go away.
2: Well, my sense of fear is flipped. Yeah. You know? Or like, a- I fear commitment. I fear love in a relationship. I mm-hmm. fear holding a steady job. What I don't fear is, yes, necking heroin. Oh, yeah. Right? Or I weird. don't fear finding shoes in a dumpster, you mm-hmm. know, and then getting athletes foot for like eight years because I found <laughs> giant shoes in a dumpster, you know. I mean. That happened? That happened, yeah. Oh, that's a real thing. God. Yeah. <laughs> I still kind of have it. I never take my <laughs> shoes off anywhere. That's but, uh, so gnarly. Oh, it's gnarly, dude. But, you know, my my fear thing is flip, man. And I'm so fearful sometimes, you know. But when I'm really doing the deal and doing the work, because when I first came to AA, they were like, oh, you got to do the work. And I'd be like, what is the work? <laughs>
1: I got to build you know? something? Yeah,
2: like, what's this work? <laughs> and then they'd show me the 12 steps, and I still wouldn't get it. I'm like, where's the work in all of this, you know. And then I met a guy that showed me, for me, what it was and what it, what it is for him. Because the guy I work with, he never injected cocaine and heroin, you know? He was just an, just an alcoholic, you know? He was just a drinker, you know? He wasn't a hard drug user, he never stole from his family. But he felt how I felt. He was restless and, and irritable and discontent in his daily life in sobriety. And I was like, man, dude, that's me, you know? I didn't care if he bought drugs off a homeless person or... You know? Yeah. I I didn't care about any of that. He felt how I felt and that's when I knew I was at like home, you know, in AA. Um, that there were people out there doing the deal. Yeah. You know? And that it works. And it works. And he had a family and a wife, and he'd still get pissed at his wife. Right. You know, and he'd still be uncomfortable. Still walks through it though. Yeah. And like he doesn't yell and scream at his wife, he just goes, Yes, honey. You know, like he's he's like this Zen guy, you know. But then he fucks up and he's like, Man, I fucked (laughs) up. You know, like he'll admit it. who's this? His name's PJ. Uh, sir. Great, greatest guy oh, ever. How yeah. much time yeah. does he have? 23 years, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Beautiful man. I love this man. You know.
0: Yeah, it's so, weird like how like, you can just kind of like tell. When when the more you get to know someone, you can just tell, like, if they're like really either got it or you don't content and peaceful and humble and open or if they're just,
2: Oh, like full of shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was always told early on that there's no saints in AA, right? And yeah. you go to a meeting and someone's like, Oh, you know, like, blah, like standing up there and saying, this is the way, like no one knows shit. Right. I mean, like we, for me, I'd go to a meeting and there'd be old timers there. Oh, you're young. You know, what are you doing here? Um,
1: I spilled more than you drank. I spilled more
2: than you drank. That's always a common one that I've heard <laughs> that everyone hears if you're young in AA. Yeah. Um, and it just puts this bad taste in your mouth. And like, you're like, man, I'm young. Am I not fucked up enough? Mm. You know? And I'll tell you this, dude, if I saw your, what you do here when I was young, because I tried to get sober when I was 18, stayed sober three years, relapsed, and now I have seven years. Mm. Um, if I, dude, if this place existed when I was 18, dude, I would have been all about it. I would have wow. been like, oh my God. There's a bunch of cool dudes doing shit, sober. You know, I didn't have that when I was getting sober. You know, I got sober with a bunch of plumbers. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, it's weird that
0: we're not like totally full with a waiting list. Not to be like whatever, but go guy. But we have like a lot. Lar- it's like, I guess sometimes I just, there's a lot of people. It's just crazy to me how many people want it, but are like, don't have money. Or
2: unwilling, or they're just not ready yet. That's yeah. the thing. There's, there's just is, so many people. Yeah. There's
1: moments in that readiness. The weird thing about this work is is that readiness. It's not as if like there's really no such thing as a bottom, where all of a sudden they're ready and they're always going to be ready. Sometimes that's a 15 minute window on a random Tuesday mm. yeah. where they're ready. You and I were talking about it the other night, yeah. where responding to these inquiries you get online. Sometimes it's legitimately you're just racing a drug dealer. Who's going to call this kid back first and who's going to show up? Are we going to get him in and help him? Or is somebody going to show up and make him well? Because either way, all he knows is that he cannot continue to feel how he feels. First person to show up. That's the willingness. That's yeah. the readiness. It's just willingness to change yeah. how I feel right now.
2: Yeah, or maybe he can finally overdraft his account one more time. Right. And then that $300 right. keeps him out another two weeks. Exactly. And, and then, then he Can dies, I buy myself more you know, time? What I realized is that once they like ignore
0: you, once they, go, once they say, I'm down, and then they dodge you, mm-hmm. if they dodge us one time, we lost them. Yeah. Because yeah. they can't face... Like you like went, to drive, he went and drove an hour to pick someone up, Caleb, yeah? Yeah. And now he blocked everyone.
1: Yeah. Everyone. He there's, blocked you know, and just too shame. embarrassed. He'll yeah. show back but up. But he'll
0: call the fucking dealer back. Oh, for sure. He'll, yeah. You think he'll come back?
1: Oh yeah, that's the thing. I because don't know. you, you maybe I don't you missed that really one window. Those.
0: No, but that's the weird thing, is they don't
1: Bro, trust me, you will. I've dealt with thousands of people through this. Yeah, you will. They that's will show the other back thing up. Is we've, uh, it could I mean, be six months. It could be a year and a half. We haven't even been open for a year. That's my point. That's is also that,
0: something I need to remember. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, hard for me to stay patient. Yeah, it's hard and, and
1: yeah, because you're 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 dealing with an inconsistent population. They do inconsistent things. So how do you design a company that operates with an inconsistent customer? Mm-hmm. What we do it's takes tricky. time. You know, it takes a lot of time and patience.
2: That's an immediate you know right like what we do it takes months to kind of land on earth reintegrate with a community of people that care you know Um right. I mean I'm
0: not even so much talking about like um once they're here I'm talking about like getting, getting them, them here, here. right well, that's, yeah, so that's the hard, hard. part
1: it's- it can be a, a juggle and you're right there is that shame component of oh I booked and then I bailed I've had people you know, I've had staff standing in an airport waiting for a client to land, and they just never got on the plane. Or oh, they yeah. got off on a layover and hit a bar, and then they disappeared. I've been
3: or... the guy at the airport a couple times. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's my point. Oh, you've been, yeah. You've been the guy to dip out, yeah.
0: No, no, he's been the guy coming to get him from Graceland.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm yeah, sorry, I thought you meant you've been they... the guy that Oh, bailed. they just
0: never showed up. Yeah, no, no I've never. See, that's the thing the is, flight. I think that we're getting... A lot more of those kinds of people mm-hmm. because we're speaking to these people
1: That's always the as case. they're
0: scrolling. So they're right. just like, oh, yeah, I'm down. Do, 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 do. Come meet me. Yeah. And then but just, then it gets like, real. Yeah. It's not like they're going to a web. It's not like their parents are going to a website. I mean, that sometimes will happen. But like. Well, it's sort of up to them now. Right. They don't have like, someone like yeah, doing it for them. I mean,
1: right. Ball's in their court. Yeah.
2: Rarely. When the parents are involved, it's definitely helpful. Right. Well, right. oh, that helps a ton because they have the power to cut everything off I for them, too. You know? What? So I got to get some of that pizza.
0: Yeah, let's eat the pizza. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>